bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I am actually starting my show. I usually start my show on my feet, standing up, talking, trying to be um, whatever I'm trying to be. And and this time I had to sit down because I spent last weekend. Uh, so I was off Friday. Thank you to Denise Thomas for filling in for Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Uh, Denise Thomas, and you already heard the information that she will be starting a new show with Telly um, on April something. I don't know, six, five, three, eight, well, somewhere in there (laughs) in April. Um, And so congratulations to them. Truth be told with Denise Thomas and Telly. So so I'm I'm thinking it's going to be great. Uh, Also got a new midday show uh, because y'all keep crying. And then I want to hear Mel. And so we just said, give them Kyle and Mel, and that's that. So it's going to be great. We still have 11 hours of nonstop. Um, Sherwin is back in his comfortable place of 9 or 12. So y'all can set your lunch after. It's, it's going to be great. It'll be even greater. I'm still, I can finally say I am not the person on 1017 The Truth with the least amount of time. <laughs> So, no, I, I'm just saying that teasing. It's going to be great because that that is Mel and Kyle's element. That's what they do. Um, so many other special projects that are going to be going on. Um, it's going to be great. All you got to do is advertise here. If you want to reach 
the black market in metropolitan Milwaukee. It's right here on the new 1017 The Truth. So make sure you check it out. So I made the mistake of not being here Friday. And, you know, sometimes when I'm not here over the weekend, my brain runs at about 150 miles an hour. One day it won't. I'll be too old to really care. But until then, this is what you get. So I have to tell you, share a few things with you. I'm going to try to squeeze it in this first segment. Spend time, Columbus, Ohio, at the 91st Midwestern Regional Convention for the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Had a phenomenal time. Crazy stories driving down and back. Yeah, six and a half hours did not agree with me, but it was four of us in the car, so it was great. And we had a big SUV, so it was it was kind of it was kind of cool. It was kind of we had a good time. But to be in a room with over a thousand black men and some white men who are members of my dear fraternity, some Hispanic men who are members of my dear fraternity, who either have degrees, have multiple degrees, or working toward degrees. And it's phenomenal. Also want to say congratulations to the Zeta Iota chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated University of Wisconsin Whitewater for winning college chapter of the year. And also want to say congratulations to Ada Pi chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated at UW Oshkosh at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh for winning the Scholars Bowl. Now, if you don't know anything about a Scholars Bowl, them the smart people. You know what I'm saying? Them the smart people. You know, them college brothers that, like, read everything. Like, they're the kind that when you go eat, they read the label, and then they Google the part where you can scroll down and read all the individual. Yeah, those those guys. They won the Scholar Bowl, so they did a phenomenal job. They did a great job, so I want to say congratulations to them. Um, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated is coming in uh, next week. They'll have their regional convention here in Milwaukee, and so I'll have their central region director on, so that'll be great. So it's just great things going on in the city. But when I was off, I had time to what? In between the business sessions and the parties at night and the suites where everybody's partying and getting to know each other because we haven't seen. This is really the first real time we've been together since since COVID, you know. So so we're 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 kind of, you know, all in all in. And so it was it was kind of great. But then as you. As you take the time, as you walk back to your room, as you sit there watching Sports Center on ESPN, of course, a shameless plug for ESPN, um, you start to think. And so, what I want to try to do is every Monday give you 10 thoughts, maybe sometimes five, maybe one, but thoughts on how to start your week. And so, as I drove back, unfortunately, I had, you know, like seven. Let me see, six and a half and six and a half. I had 13 hours of drive time. So, you know, I didn't drive the whole time, but my brain was thinking the whole time. Number one, if, uh, let me do it like this. You can have more if you become more than you are. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of simple, but it's not. You can have more if you become more than you are. The issue is, unless you don't change who you are, you're going to always get what you got. So if you're raggedy now, you're raggedy then. If you're great now, you'll be great then. Number two, income does not 
far exceed personal development. So if you don't develop yourself, you're not going to make any more money. That's why people with degrees, you know, medical degrees and PhDs and lawyers, dentists, that's why people with master's degrees make more money. Number three, success is what you attract, not what you pursue. So figure out what you're becoming at your job, not what you're getting. It's not always about salary. When you end up, what, what will you be? Success is what you attract, not what you pursue. Figure out what you're becoming. When you go to a job, figure out where will I be in two years, in three years. It's easy to do it for college to quantify it, right? When I'm done, I'll have a degree. It's a credential. But what about when you're going to get a job? Number four, expectations become your self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you expect to be successful and recognize all that happens as part of a growth process, it'll come true. Number five, don't hear someone else's story and let it limit you. In other words, if you're sick, you can get well. If you're uneducated, you can get educated. If you don't have knowledge, you can get knowledge. If you're broke, you can get money. But sometimes people... Well, you know how our friends could be. Number six, power doesn't come from manifesting your destiny. Power comes when you manifest someone else's destiny. Make someone else great. Number seven, and I think T.D. Jake said this, there's a process before the promise. The process can depress you, anger you, make you believe you can't overcome the process. Do it anyway. And number eight, stop letting people who've made no significant contributions in life speak into your life. Oh, no, you're going to try to buy a house. If I was you, I wouldn't do that. All my friends and had trouble buying a house and buying a car. They go through all this. Right. But you don't have a car and you don't have a house. So how exactly am I listening to you? That's what we do when we listen to our friends and go to our peers to get advice about something they don't do. Number nine, determine what the questions will be at the end of your life and start asking them now. In other words, if you were to die today, what questions are lingering in your mind? Start working on those. Start answering them by literally living your life. Life turns out how you work for it, not how you live it. So when you ask yourself those questions, why didn't I do it? Why don't I have do it? A lot of people say, wow, you're so successful. You've done all this stuff and you've had multiple careers and you've done all this stuff. You know why? Because there are questions at the end of my life I want to already have answers to. So I had to live it. I think, how would it be if I got a PhD? So I went and got one. How would it be if I got back into radio? So I did. What you forgot is you have to earn the life that you're living. And number 10, understand life is short. That means you need to have reverence for it. You need to live it. You need to stop waiting to be perfect. There are no shut. See? 
Too much thinking, too much writing, not enough talking. Understand that life is short. Have reverence for it. Live it. But stop waiting for perfection. There are no shortcuts. There are no hacks at all. That's the lie we tell people. Hey, I can help you do it better if you just do this. Not true. There are no shortcuts in life. There are no hacks in life. Life and success are intentional acts. That means what? That means you have to be an active participant in your life. Avoid being casual with yourself. Hey, you know those people that are just casual, just cool. Everything will be great. We'll just do it. No, we won't. Stop being casual with yourself, your family, your friends. Especially stop being selfish and casual with your life. I mean, if you don't remember anything else, always remember being casual in life can lead to, well, casualties. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm just watching uh, CNN and Fox News. They've got an update from John Drake, the Nashville, Tennessee uh, police chief, about the shooting that occurred in school. We'll get to that and talk about that a little later. Um, 833-212-1017 is the number. Rob, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? I'm doing good, Dr. Ken. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me on and let me get in. But I want to talk about your 10 truths. I agree with you 100% on that. You know, you can't wait for someone to just give you anything or wait for something to happen for you. You have to actually take the initiative and take the step to make it happen. You know, the universe and God feeds you what you put into it. Faith without action is no good. So I said I wanted an associate degree in college. I went to college and got an associate degree. I said I want to get my bachelor's degree. I went to school to get my bachelor's degree. I said I want a master's degree. Now I'm in my master's program, second to last class from graduating. That's what graduated in May. You know what I mean? Yep. And then also I said I want to write a book. I wrote four books. I'm writing two more. Okay. And, uh, right now, um, I said I wanted to record a self-help CD. I recorded a self-help CD. It's all published. I said I want to do small business consulting. I do small business consulting. So I'm taking to initiative, and I do all that with challenges. So, I mean, if you don't have any challenges, I oh, do yeah. that with mental health issues. Yes, sir. If you don't have any issues, no physical handicaps or mental handicaps, you're holding yourself back. Ain't nobody else holding you back. Ain't no white man. Ain't no slavery. Ain't no ancestors. It's you holding yourself back from getting what you want. That's my own opinion. So and let me I ask you. my son that, and he's 21. So let me ask you a question, Rob. 
Um, where does it come from then blaming what you don't have on the system or white people or whatever? Where, where does that come from? I think it's a familial um, embeddedness, you know, from your family and those that friends, your circle of sphere of influence, those you hang around, your friends, your family who don't have nothing accomplished. And because of your own within your own self and you don't have nothing to comment, so you tend to blame others for your mishaps instead of taking yourself and saying, you know what, I'm going to change the narrative just because my parents didn't have this or my other family members or my grandparents didn't have this. I'm not going to have this. It's generational, but you can break that cycle. I broke that cycle. I, I didn't. My wife did too. Ex-wife, I'm sorry. You know, we didn't, when our son was born, neither one of us had college degrees or careers. But you know what? We wanted to do something different. You know, we didn't have a father in our life. We didn't have none of that. Our parents didn't go to college to get college degrees, didn't have careers, but we broke that cycle. You know what? We said we're going to raise him differently. So we, that's when we decided to get college degrees and get careers and do something different. We broke that generational cycle and said, no, this stops here with him. And he even went to college. He has his own business. He's working. He does good for himself. Right. We broke that cycle of not having. No, that's that part. Now, I also want to talk about that thing with the hop. Now, this is a little bit sidestepping. You know what I mean? Okay. That may be something that I think is a little bit of – the city trying to recoup some money because <laughs> no, that, it was an accident. No, Somebody me, ran me, into me, the hop. I, I know, but I, I know, but let me say this. Well, wait a minute. So I, I can't just let you throw stuff out there that might not be, you know, accurate or the truth. But you just no. let me voice it. Just well, speculation. You ain't gonna let me just speak it. It depends. Go well, ahead. I'm gonna just say. I'm, I'm gonna just say this. Ego disposal is a subdivision of ego moving. Okay. No. No. We're not. No. We're not going. No. We're not going to do that. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Hey man, I I believe in your ten truths. Thanks. You too. Bye. Yeah, we can't let you just throw stuff out and try to connect dots that aren't connected. And no, we're not doing that. And and let me let me help people understand. They're called public airways because the government licenses it that license is to us not you so we can't let you just say anything that would then bring our station into disrepute bring a person's reputation into disrepute without actual facts and knowledge you won't do that go to court that's what they're for radio is not for that but i understand what rob was saying and that's that's but we we don't we don't do he's because he asked you're gonna make an assumption you're connecting something and you have no physical information data um no one's co-signing it you don't have proof of anything so it might be true to you and it might actually be true i just got to see it before you say it so that's what that is rob didn't do anything wrong i thank rob for the call um, and so they're talking about, as, as we go back to the Nashville incident, they're talking about the, uh, the police plan to release the video from the Nashville school shooting. I think that's a mistake. I think that's a 100% total mistake. I don't think, I, I think we need to release it somewhere where if people want to see it, they can go see it. I don't think the media should be showing any of that. 
And if they do, they should be ashamed of themselves. I don't care what network it is. The shooter left the manifesto um, talking certain things. The shooter was a female student who went to the Covenant School. That by itself scares me by itself, the kind of fact that you called it the Covenant School. And No, I'm just being. But, but, but we need to discuss those types of things that are in our minds. We need to discuss those not Republican, not Democratic, but far left-wing and far right-wing groups that cause turmoil so that each party says the extreme that represents them is actually the mainstream, and it's not. And so I think it's important that, that we remember that as this unfolds, we need to treat her. For instance, why haven't we had her name released? Every black shooter got their name released. Like quickly. Let's release her name. I believe it was a white female because they said the student was a. Well, the person was a former student there. So we really need to look at that. We really need to come to an understanding of what that means. Before we go to break, 833-212-1017 is the number. Brian, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? How you doing? What's up? Love your show. I'm going to be respective of the airwaves, but uh, as usual, I don't buy it. And that's my right to do so. Don't buy what? Uh, I can approve about the shooting, a woman shooting up uh, a school. I don't believe it. I, that's why they're probably not releasing things because they're, and this is just my assumption, they would probably have to get all their narratives and ducks in a row that every, so everybody's on board with what's going on. Because for the general public to just believe that a woman's going to get in a, in some kind of military uniform and go up and shoot up some kids at a school that she used to go to is about as laughable and unbelievable as as, uh, any comedy skit on Saturday Night Live. But she left the manifesto. She left a note. Her car was there. Huh? Manifesto. When did did people start using the term manifesto? Nobody Uh, ever started doing that. Back when the Magna Carta was out, maybe? No. Normal, average, everyday people don't go around talking about manifesto. That's some stuff that some uh, pointy head. No, no, that's would bring up. So, in, in so school, we can't. So we can't call a letter what it is based on how we well, perceive it, it to be. But, just, just call it a letter. But it's not that's a letter not because a the way that it was written made it a manifesto. <laughs> the last time I heard the term manifesto was back reading uh, Beowulf back in uh, history class. When people are talking about manifestos, Othello and all that BS. But a manifesto, but a manifesto is, well, hang on. It's a letter, right? So a manifesto (laughs) is a public uh, um, declaration of what you think about something, how you feel about an issue. Um, How do you feel about a candidate? How do you feel? People do manifestos every day. Same thing. Well, Well, why does the media have to just call it a letter? That's not used because it wasn't a letter so because like they a made a, a declaration of a policy or, or or something that they wanted changed that made it a manifesto. I mean, you're 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 mincing words, but it's very important 
that the right word is used. Because it wasn't just a letter that you wrote, hey, Brian, having a great day, blah, 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 blah. It was a, this is why I'm killing people. And then went in and did it. Women don't do stuff like that. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Okay. Not in a school. Okay. It's not going to happen. You keep talking to yourself if you want to, and you keep doing that, and you'll end up being, and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, so don't don't take it personal. You may end up being a victim (laughs) of something that you didn't think would happen because what? You didn't think it would happen? We never thought children would kill children, but yet they do. We would never never think a two-year-old could get shot, but multiple of them have. I mean, really? There are a lot of crazy people out here, but no, 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 no. no. You're not going to diminish the person by the crime they committed by calling them crazy. It was intentional. Sometimes intentional things. No, see, no, I reject that. (laughs) There are a lot of nuts in the United States. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So when men do it, they're what? Versus women do it, they're nuts. They're nuts too. Okay. They're nuts too. All right. But I don't buy women getting a backpack and going in there like Rambo shooting up kids. Okay. That's B. That's okay. Yeah, they're going to try something else. Hey. All right. Later. 833-212-1017 is the number. What do you make of this shooting? The data that we've received from the FBI, and, and Brian was correct in his you know, pointy-headed people who think they're smarter than everybody who have always said that, you know, these shooters that are smart and that are doing these things are usually white males between the age of 35 and 50 and highly educated. Wow, because they, they, they made a declaration about themselves, right? Because, I mean, can a black person really be this smart to pull this off? No. Can a Hispanic person be? No. Can an Asian person? No. Meanwhile, we've had shootings of all. Well, not as many as white people, but think about that. And so then when they come out and tell you the truth and they tell you and they report it and they tell you this is the information we have, this is the evidence we have. Sometimes you got to actually believe what they tell you because it's the truth. And if it wasn't, that's why we're here. Traffic, sports and weather up next. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? I'm from Highland Park, Illinois. My son and I survived a mass shooting over the summer. I am in Tennessee on a family vacation with my son, visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in D.C. since we survived a mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? These shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. Aren't you guys tired of this? Are you guys sick of it? We have to do something. We'll all have to call our lawmakers, and we all have to make our lawmakers make change now. Or this is going to keep happening, and it's going to be your kid and your kid and your kid and your kid next. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. The words she said are no truer than any others. 
We it's 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 just what can we say? Three children, three adults killed. Nashville Elementary School. Three nine three nine year old children and three adults are dead this afternoon at Covenant School, the private Christian elementary school in Nashville, Tennessee. Police said this is from CNN.com. The shooter, described as a twenty eight year old from Nashville, entered the building through a side door was armed with at least two assault-style rifles and a handgun. I heard somebody say, how could they carry them? Over their shoulder. The shooter, who police believe was once a student at the school, was killed during gunfire with police. And Monday's shooting marks the 129th mass shooting in the U.S. so far in 2023, according to data from the Gun Violence Archive. Um... We know that there were two AR-style rifles, one a rifle, one an AR-style pistol, and the other was a handgun, um, police chief uh, John Drake said during a news conference. We believe two of these may have been legally obtained locally here. And they've also found a manifesto and a map associated with the shooting at the Covenant School. And they said that we have a manifesto, we have some writings that we're going over that pertain to this date. That we've drawn a map out of how all this is going to take place. Also, the shooter had detailed maps of the school and shot through a door to actually gain entry. And so there were maps drawn, surveillance, security points, all that stuff. We know and believe entry was gained through shooting through one of the doors. That's actually how they got in the school. 833-212-1017 is the number. I find it interesting because we've had um, a load of shootings here in Milwaukee as well. So as I, as I went through the information today, um, there were five people shot outside a Milwaukee restaurant. There were five people shot and wounded near 76 in Good Hope, right? Outside Prime Social here in Milwaukee, five people got shot. Five people got shot near 76 in Good Hope. We got a school shooting in Nashville. It's national news. And we're talking about mass shootings. Why aren't we watching the mass shootings from Milwaukee on national news? I mean, I don't mean to criticize the woman that was in the video, in the, in the audio you heard about the mass shootings. What I want to do is understand how the same screaming never comes out in a black community. Why the same screaming doesn't come out when black kids die. So one of the issues I have is until we deal with people 
they're going to find forks, knives, spoons, pencils, pens, rulers to kill each other. It's a heart and a head problem, not a gun problem. We've been killing each other since before guns were invented. Since Cain slew Abel. We've been doing this our entire lives. We are weak vessels. We're human. And yeah. Until you change somebody's heart, all this stuff ain't going to change. Yes, I said ain't. A-I-N apostrophe T. It's in the dictionary. Look it up. And we have to remember that those are the things that are going to change. You have to change your heart, change your mind. Gun control legislation, this, this, this is me speaking, whether you agree or not, I get it. Gun control reg- legislation is there. Do we need to clean up some of the loopholes, like buying things? Personally, I think if you want the right to own a firearm, it should be able to be tracked the entire time. Done. Put a put a bead on it, put a something on it so that we can track it. I mean, you do realize that we have those Apple tags, those air tags that you can put in a bag and find it wherever it is. But for some reason we can't find a gun and we put a number on it. Yeah, some people will remove it. Then when it's removed, we simply sue or arrest or something. Write up. Write a ticket to the person that removed it or whoever the last person is. And then they can say, hey, I have a stolen report or I gave it to my cousin Alex. And he took it and did whatever he did with it or or she. But at some point, it's easy to fix Sometimes we have idiotic lawmakers who decide, well, it's our constitutional right. Well, not everything is your constitutional right. When the Constitution, when the right outweighs the needs of the many for the few, eh, we got to start looking at it. I don't think you should be able to sell a gun at a market. You should be able to have that gun registered and you can have as you can have 12,000 of them if you want registration doesn't mean that's a bad thing so then that's what we have you can register a gun the flip side to that is if you sell it you should report that to the government of who you sold it to if you buy it as a at, at a um what do you call those 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 big places in the parking lots and all that stuff, right? We're going to have a thing this weekend and we're going to be able to sell everything. And No. You need to track that too. That way we can figure out what the straw purchases are. Because otherwise, guns disappear. For instance, I'll give you a perfect example before we go to break. One of the guns that was used in, in Mexico to shoot and kill the people from North Carolina was a gun that was from the U.S. How did it find its way to Mexico? How long has it been in Mexico? Who last owned it? They should be responsible for telling the federal government, the 
the the the state of wherever. This is where my gun is. Here's my log. This is where it is. There's no reason why we don't have an electronic list. We got everything else with the FBI. Why don't we have an electronic list that tells us where all the guns are? Can't come take them. Can't come, right, because we still have a constitutional right. But I think that should only, well, it already happens when you buy it. So I don't understand why we go through all this trouble and do all these things. But yet when it comes selling it to another person who just might have some mental health issues, who just might be in a house with some people that they probably shouldn't be in the house with, I don't understand why that even happens. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I got to talk about the couple in Haiti. Did you hear about the couple in Haiti, Ben? Did you hear about the couple in Haiti? You didn't hear about it, Alex? So there's a black couple in Haiti that's being held for $200,000 ransom each per person. Now, I don't I don't understand what's really going on with it, but the black couple went to Haiti. They were told not to go. They were told, "Hey, uh, you, you shouldn't go there. So they went anyway. They were from Florida. Abigail and uh, Jean Dickens Toussaint or Sean Dickens Toussaint, Toussaint were on their way to, and I, I don't know, Lower Game, approximately 27 miles west of Port-au-Prince, but never made it after not hearing from them since March 18th, their family claims they've been kidnapped, held for ransom for $6,000. And allegedly the group ordered the Toussaint's off a bus and kept them captive since the kidnappers changed the deal afterwards. According to the couple's niece, Christine, the Sorms and the family paid over $2,000. But according to CNN, the price increased to $200,000 per person because you keep paying people. And so the problem with that is if you keep paying people, they want more money. You pay them 200 per person, they're going to want 300 more. The Sorms says she begged people to ask their state representatives for help. It's a lot of emotions. It's devastating. You feel angry. It happened. And then you feel numb at the same time. Because it doesn't feel real. Feel real. A spokesperson from the U.S. Department of State says they've been made aware of the kidnapping and are doing what they can. When a U.S. citizen is missing, we work closely with local authorities as they carry out their search efforts and we share information with families however we can. We have nothing further to share 
at this moment. 32-year-old couple went to visit Haiti to visit family and attend a festival. However, due to the country's political turmoil, their family was hesitant about them traveling. Family said, I'm still in a state of shock. It feels like it didn't happen, but I know it did, especially since I saw them last month for my birthday. And while playing the waiting game, local community organizations like First Haitian Baptist Church of Pompano Beach has been bringing awareness and asking for prayers for the Tucson. Along with our prayers, we are also challenging our government officials to use their resources to bring these two back to us where they belong. Parents of a one-year-old, the Tucson family fears the ransom figure will continue to climb and that it'll never be enough. We just want to hear their voice as proof that they are still alive. 833-212-1017 is the number. That right there is the reason why I am always hesitant to visit certain countries. For me, I'm I'm staying right here. Europe, yes. Caribbean, nah, no. Dominican Republic, good luck with that. I'm staying right here. Now, that's just me, and I get it. But I'm not going. Had a chance to go to the Bahamas, Nassau, last August. I didn't go. I didn't go. And that's just me. But do you feel safe in other countries today? Especially being an American, the way people look at Americans is that we're all rich and we all have money. And we can just, you know, because they think if you can afford a trip there, then you're probably wealthy enough to be able to pay a ransom. Now, $200,000 per person, stop. Quit tripping. Anybody know why they couldn't pay $200,000 per person? Because anybody with $200,000 or who could pay that would actually have had security with them already, and they would not have been kidnapped. They would have had somebody that was personal because they always tell you, don't fly private, fly commercial, change your luggage. Change what you wear. It's like going to a concert, right? Sometimes you don't want to wear a gold chain around your neck unless you're looking to lose it. You might not want to carry that coach bag unless you want to lose it. Now, I'm not saying it was a bad choice they made. He's visiting family and a relative. But the assumption, something about them triggered it where somebody that was on that bus and I'm making inferences, of course, but somebody on that bus saw them and said, this is the group, or there was something in his past that then caused him to be abducted. Either way, when I think about all the Caribbean islands I would love to visit and go on a cruise and do all that stuff and do all the work, right? Haiti, 
Uh, no. 